Chapter Twenty Four of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by U. Waldo Cutler. Chapter Twenty Four, of the Coming of Sir Galahad. At the vigil of Pentecost, when all the fellowship of the Round Table were come unto Camelot and the tables were set ready to the meat. Right so entered into the hall a full fair gentlewoman before the king, and on behalf of King Pelles requested that Sir Launcelot should go with her hereby into a forest. Sir Launcelot bade his squire saddle his horse and bring his arms, and right so he departed with the gentlewoman, and rode until that he came into a great valley, where they saw an abbey of nuns. There was a squire ready, and opened the gates and so they entered and descended off their horses, and there came a fair fellowship about Sir Launcelot, and welcomed him, and were passing glad of his coming. In the meanwhile there came twelve nuns which brought with them Galahad, the which was passing fair and well made, so that in the world men might scarcely find his match. Sir, said the ladies, we bring you here this child, the which we have nourished, and we pray you to make him a knight, for of a worthier man's hand may he not receive the order of knighthood. Sir Launcelot beheld that young squire, and saw him seemly and demure as a dove, with all manner of good features, and he thought of his age never to have seen so fair a man of form. Then said Sir Launcelot, Cometh this desire of himself? He and all they said, Yea. Then shall he, said Sir Launcelot, receive the high order of knighthood to-morrow. That night Sir Launcelot had passing good cheer, and on the morn at the hour of prime at Galahad's desire, he made him knight, and said, God make you a good man, for beauty faileth you not as any that liveth. Then Sir Launcelot departed from them, and came again unto Camelot by the hour of nine on Whit Sunday morning. By that time the king and the queen and all the fellowship were gone to the minister to hear the service. When they were come from service, all were passing glad of Sir Launcelot's return, and as they entered the hall each of the barons sought his name, written with gold letters, in the sieges of the round table. Thus they went along from seat to seat, until they came to the siege perilous, where they found letters newly written of gold that said, Four hundred winters and fifty-four accomplished after the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ ought this siege to be filled. All thought this a marvellous thing, and an adventurous. And then Sir Launcelot accounted the term of the writing from the birth of our Lord unto that day, and said, It seemeth me the siege ought to be filled this same day, for this is the feast of Pentecost, after the four hundred and four and fifty years, and if it would please all parties, I would none of these letters were seen this day, till he be come that ought to achieve this adventure. Then they provided a cloth of silk for to cover these letters in the siege perilous, and the king bade haste unto dinner. It was an old custom of Arthur's court that on this day they should not sit at their meat, until they had seen some adventure. As they stood waiting, therefore, in came a squire bringing the marvellous tidings that beneath at the river there was a great stone, as it were of red marble, floating above the water, wherein a sword struck. So the king and all the knights went unto the river to see this marvel, and they found it even as the squire had said. Then in the stone was the fair rich sword, and in the pommel thereof were precious stones and subtle letters wrought with gold. Then the barons read the letters which said in this wise, 
Never shall man take me hence, but only he by whose side I ought to hang, and he shall be the best knight of the world. When the king had seen these letters, he said unto Sir Launcelot, Fair sir, this sword ought to be yours, for I am sure ye be the best knight of the world. Then Sir Launcelot answered full soberly, conscious of a great sin, Cert, sir, it is not my sword. Also, sir, wit ye well, I have no hardiness to set my hand thereto, for it belongs not by my side. Now, fair nephew, said the king unto Sir Gawain, assay ye to take the sword for my love. Therewith Sir Gawain took the sword by the handles, though unwillingly, and only at the king's commandment, but he might not stir it. Then the king said unto Sir Percival that he should assay. So he set his hand on the sword, and drew it strongly, but he might not move it. Then were there more than durst be so hardy as to set their hands thereto, but all failed. Now may ye go to your dinner, said Sir Kay unto King Arthur, for a marvellous adventure have ye seen. So the king and all went in, and every knight knew his own place, and set himself therein, and all sieges were filled, save only the siege perilous. Anon, there befell a marvellous adventure, for all the doors and the windows of the place shut of themselves, yet then the hall was not greatly darkened, and therewith they were amazed, both one and another. While they sat there in suspense as to what should happen, came in a good old man and an ancient, clothed all in white, and there was no knight knew from whence he came. With him he brought a young knight in red arms, without sword or shield, save a scabbard hanging by his side. Then the old man said unto Arthur, Sir, I bring here a young knight, the which is of king's lineage, and of the kindred of Joseph of Arimathea, whereby the marvels of this court and of strange realms shall be fully accomplished. The king was right glad of the good man's words, and bade him and the young knight welcome. Then the old man made the young man unarm, and he was in a coat of red silk, and bore a mantle upon his shoulder that was furred with ermine. Anon the old knight led him unto the siege perilous, where beside sat Sir Percival and Sir Launcelot. The good man lifted up the cloth, and found there letters that said thus, This is the siege of Galahad, the high prince. He set him down surely in that siege, saying, Wit ye well that place is yours, and then departed and went his way. All the knights of the table round marvelled greatly that Sir Galahad durst sit there in that siege perilous, and was so tender of age, for never before had any one sat therein but he was mischieved. And they foresaw that Sir Galahad would come to great honour, and outdo them all in knightly courtesy. Then the king bade him welcome to the court, and taking him by the hand, went down from the palace to show Galahad the adventures of the stone. Sir, said the king unto him, here is a great marvel as ever I saw, and right good knights have assayed and failed. Sir, said Galahad, that is no marvel, for this adventure is not theirs but mine, and for the surety of this sword I brought none with me, for here by my side hangeth the scabbard. Anon he laid his hand on the sword, and lightly drew it out of the stone, and put it in the sheath, saying, Now it goeth better than it did aforehand. End of chapter 24